millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Monday the 3rd of April. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer. On talk coming up, Rishi Sunak says political correctness cannot be allowed to prevent police tackling grooming gangs as he unveils new measures to protect young children and women from abuse. Meanwhile, Port of Dover officials have clashed with the Home Secretary over whether Brexit is or is not to blame for delays at the border this weekend. And Keir Starmer has clarified... He thinks his stance on transgender issues by stating that 99.9% of women, of course, haven't got a penis. Oh, close but no cigar, Keir. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. Uh, Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, I'm I'm actually just back from from my travels over the last couple of days and... um, Long delays, but nothing to do with Dover and delays coming back into the UK. So not quite sure how that's due to do Brexit either, given that we were all in the same queue at the airport. But what is going on then? Is it down uh, to uh, the issues of Brexit or is it down to, frankly, just bloody mindedness by the French? I know where my vote goes, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Also, I want you to get in touch about political correctness. Now, we know that the government has been trailed in the Sunday papers, talked about on Sunday uh, shows yesterday, and uh, it's going to be formally announced by Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, today. And that is um, a bid to tackle the issue of grooming gangs. Now, there are going to be people who commit abuse, who do horrible things. We know that. The key thing is... How do you uncover it? How do you how do you tackle it? And how do you punish it? Now, the key thing that we learned about Rochdale, Rosmond, and frankly every other town and city in the entire country in uh, goodness knows uh, a decade or two uh, we've been seeing is that actually when it's been unearthed, when it's been very obvious to anyone that abuse is going on, the authorities have not acted, and they've not acted because they had fears of political correctness. They had fears that if they did act, they would be accused of racism because the largest massively by largest percentage of people who were involved in the grooming of girls uh, in these grooming gangs have been British Pakistani men. Not Asians, Pakistani men. Very Not Muslims, Pakistani men. Let's be very, very clear what we're talking about. And because people didn't want to be accused of being a racist, they didn't speak up on it. That's what they're claiming anyway. Under the new plans, uh, there will be a duty to report. If you're a teacher, if you're a police officer, if you're a social worker, you're working in the council, you have a duty of care to report any suspicions or you could be prosecuted. Now, seems like a good move to me. Wondering why it hasn't happened any sooner. Well, let's talk about that and all of the other uh, big stories of the day with uh, Emma Revel, who's political commentator and joins us. Good morning to you. Morning, dear. Haven't even got to Donald Trump facing arraignment <laughs> in New York. He's uh, he's heading to New York today. We will talk about that, of course, as well. Grooming gangs. I mean, the right measure. Too little, too late. What do you think? It does feel like the sort of announcement we've heard a couple of times uh, in the past. These things always seem to come up. But actually, I think what is missing from this is the fact that I think a lot of 
probably classist attitudes towards the young female predominantly working class victims is what is missing from this conversation they were not believed they said oh you know they were horrible things you know you were asking for it those kind of awful things that that are said to victims 14 year olds turning up with their 53 year old boyfriend inverted commas pregnant turning up at A&E covered in bruises clearly with a drug problem I mean being dismissed as a prostitute that is I missing mean, from really? this conversation. Yeah. The thing is, you wouldn't... I mean, look, you, we, you don't have to be an expert in this field to go, hmm, something's not right here. And, and then we know that a lot of people did raise it. We're going to be talking later in the show to the wonderful, brilliant, heroic Maggie Oliver, who mm. lost her job mm. as a detective in Greater Manchester Police Force because she spoke out on this issue. Do you, Can you get your head round the... The idea that that you'd be so worried about your job. I mean, like, yeah, we've all got mortgages and rents. I get that. People need to feed their kids. I get that. But that, that you would allow, you know, a 14, 15-year-old girl to continue to be gang- drugged and gang-raped to protect your job. Because I'm just not entirely sure I would be able to do that. Well, it's a difficult circumstance. If you feel like you're the only person yeah. and that, you know, more senior people than you are telling you not to do this, the sort of... This is why we talk about things like institutional bias, institutional racism, the power of the frameworks and the people who are around you, especially more senior than you, can unfortunately make individuals who always feel like they would do the right thing regardless of circumstance, feel like they're not able to speak out. Yeah, indeed. I mean, and that's the thing. Well, lots of people, this becomes this, and it does become a really difficult conversation to discuss. Were these men um, uh, gang raping and sexually abusing and beating uh, these young teenage girls because they were Asian, Muslim, Pakistani. No, because we know that the vast majority of people who abuse, sexually abuse children in this country uh, are, are white. Why? Because the vast majority of people in this country are white. Um, it is much harder to tackle sex abuse that goes on in the home, that, that is behind closed doors and, and isn't sort of organised in this way. And and, uh, and and the victim isn't as visible. And we know we've got an ongoing issue there and that's something that needs to be tackled. What was going on here, though, was in plain sight... It was in plain sight. They were. It was. They, they, everybody knew it was happening, and then they just turned a blind eye to it. That's the bit. That that. That's the big difference. And again, the reason they were allowed to get her on doing it was because of the colour of their skin and their religion, which meant that the authorities were largely white. Were going. Ooh, I don't want to mention this because people. This will start a, a, a racist backlash. Now, it, it, the, the awful thing is that they're, what they did not only left these women, these girls being victims for so many years, it, it, it also actually created a lot of that mm. backlash because the idea is that, oh, well, well, the law isn't equal. Yeah, and then you have a conversation about, you know, Pakistani grooming gangs. That's the language that we use all of the mm. time, which reinforces that narrative that yeah. I think authorities didn't want to get into mm. in the first place. So they have not only yeah. not tackled, you know, the abuse against these women, they've... Yeah fed into a potentially racist and, and the, and the uh, yeah and the other aspect of this was and you know and the many in that community who've spoken out about this now saying well, yeah, there was this attitude that these sort of these white girls these white working class girls well that they were e- not just easy prey because they're they're the, the, the children of their own community would the girls are not allowed out sort of freely on the street and late at night and to drink and things and they just they just thought these girls were worthless because because they were white, they were non-Muslim, they, were, they had the, the, the freedoms that often a lot of you know, British families give their teenage daughters. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I think, I think a huge 
bit of this that has been ignored is uh, largely uh, is the class element. Yeah, because I'm telling you what, if it was my 16 year old daughter, it happened to the, the attitude wouldn't be the same, would it? Yeah, the attitude towards the girls themselves who were either not seen as victims or where they were seen as victims, you go, oh, well, you know, that's to be expected given the girls' circumstances. Yeah, that's absolutely shouldn't be acceptable at all, and yet yeah. that was part of what fed into the police and social workers not tackling this issue. I mean, what's also so bad is how long this goes on. Mm. I, I've, I've got a, a, a police officer friend who is involved with dealing with this issue now and trying to persuade these 15-year-old girls mm. that they are actually victims of abuse mm. and not, um, you know, in a, just a, what we would, we would all regard as an unhealthy sexual relationship or health relationship at all with abusive, coercive, controlling men. As a general rule, if your bloke is passing you around to his friends, it's not a healthy relationship. I mean, top tip, ladies. Mm. Um, but these girls, they often come from very difficult backgrounds, many in care. Although, again, we saw with Rochdale and Rotherham, there were girls who were coming from, you know, loving homes. But mm. the parents were just, every time they went to the police, nothing happened. Um, and often the girls don't speak out because they're told, well, if you speak out, if you do anything, I'm going to have your 13-year-old sister. So they're trying to protect other. I mean, you know, it, it is so it is so controlling, this behaviour. But, but my friend who's a police officer, she said, trying to persuade these girls... That, that they are victims is really, really hard. And what they try and do is they get to know the girls and they, they just get evidence from them. So, you know, whose car did you get in? Do you remember the licence plate? Mm. Can you try and take a photo next time? And what's his name? And where did you go? And what was the house that you were all gang raped in, you know, that you don't think was a gang rape? Um, and they, you know, what drugs were you given? Where do you meet? And trying to get that information and recording it in as much as real time as they can so that when these girls in their mid-20s sort of realise... Mm and have the, escaped the clutches and are able to realise what happened to them, they have the evidence to prosecute. Can you imagine how hard that must be, not just for any police officer, but a female police officer, to, well, to have that information and have a girl who you know is going back to be gang-raped again? This is why grooming is such a, a horrific crime, because it convinces the victims that they are not victims. And it happens mm. over such a long period of time. It starts when you're very young and, and convinces you that absolutely everything that's happening to you is normal and acceptable and part yeah. of a loving, healthy relationship. And it's, it's not. It's, so, it's a horrible thing to start the show with. I do get that. But I want to hear from you. Do you tell me, uh, as Rishi Sunak says, political correctness cannot be allowed to prevent police tackling grooming gangs. So what's your reaction? Is it too little, too late? Is it about time? Do you think that was the issue? Maybe you've been a victim yourself. We're going to speak to some of the survivors and some of those who did help tackle issues. Again, we always talk about Rochdale and Rotherham. Every town or city in this country, every single one this is happening in, has been happening in and it's happening in today. Uh, I want to know what your thoughts are. Tweet me at Talk TV. You can text the word TALK to 8722. Um, a little bit later, we are going to be uh, talking to our reporter outside the court where Olivia Pratt Corbell's killer, Thomas Cashman, uh, is going to be sentenced this morning. He's also facing a £250,000 bounty on his head behind bars. I don't fancy his chances much. Do you fancy the chances of Donald Trump, though? He's travelling from his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida to uh, New York today. Uh, he will be appearing tomorrow for the arraignment hearing over the claims that he uh, paid hush money uh, to uh, Stormy Daniels, the uh, porn actress he uh, is alleged to have had an affair with. Uh, and he'll make a statement tomorrow night after that. Uh, we're going to be talking about all of that. Oh, yeah. And uh, trying to go away on holiday and come back from holiday, thanks to French Border Force. That's all coming up. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.